Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan there with the Barely Legal Podcast. Excited for today's show, I've got one of my uh, oldest, and I don't mean age-wise, but uh, timeline-wise, uh, martial arts coaches, uh, specifically Muay Thai, uh, and in this case we're talking about Jalal Khatib, owner of Tampa Muay Thai, uh, formerly Canem Tom Muay Thai, possibly still Canem Tom Muay Thai. Yep. Um, his uh, gym is over there on Franklin, just across from the hall on Franklin. They've been around forever. They are the real deal, legit Muay Thai school uh, locally. Uh, they've trained everybody that you know of and maybe a few people that you don't know of uh, who've come out of Florida and Muay Thai. Great school, great business, and Jalal is uh, one of the coolest guys you're ever going to have the opportunity to run across. Thanks for coming on the show today, Jalal. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, I'm trying to peg exactly when it was that I met you, and it had to be 2008, 2009 or thereabouts. Yeah, the gym, we started back in 2005, so I would say 2008 is about right. And you were uh, at that time on Lemon Street, I think. Yeah, uh, Howard, South Howard. Howard. Howard, just right by the armory. Yep, right next to it. And you guys were there. When, when did you move from there? We moved from, uh, I've been telling everybody three years ago, but I just checked the lease. We actually moved, it'll be five years in September You're this year. You're getting old. We're yeah. getting old, man. Yeah, I know. Losing track of time. I saw you limping in here, and I was, either that was <laughs> yes. a fighting wound or a, or a north of 40 years old wound. That's exactly what that is. It's an old man training wound. Yeah, yeah. So, um, originally, when I started, I, I think you were partners with Ray, right? Was it just yeah. you and Ray, or maybe there was a third party? No, no, it was Ray, you know, Ray was my trainer, uh, he and I started the gym together, he's really, you know, when you say Kanom Tom, that, that's Ray. So, I want to kind of go back through that and explain all that, because, uh, you know, I know what it means, and most of the people locally who train know what it means, but it's actually a, a very a deep history there, and where that comes from, as far as the homeschool, and who was trained, and kind of all that stuff, so I want, I want people, at least after the end of this, to have somewhat of a better understanding of Muay Thai, but... Um, so Ray, uh, he and you were partners. I remember he was who I started training with. And then, of course, David Gogachevelli. Gogachevelli. Uh, Gogachevelli. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to butcher it every time I say it. He was kind of the boxing coach and kind of the day-to-day -day yeah. trainer. But, gosh, what a great school. So if I recall, are you Jordanian? Is that, is that true? No, no, no. Originally, I'm Palestinian and Palestinian. British. Palestinian. Yep. Okay. So tell me, where were you born? I was born in London. Okay. Hence the accent. Hence the accent. But your, your family heritage, as you stated, it's, was... Yeah, on my father's side is Palestinian Arab. Okay. And how long did you live over there? Uh, well, I never lived in, in Palestine. No, um, I'm in London. In London. I grew up. I was born there. I lived there until I was 15 years old. I moved over here. Okay. And didn't you just go back recently? I think we just missed each other in Scotland or England. Yeah, we did. I, was there. I just flew back in last Wednesday. Okay. How long were you there for? Uh, 10 days this time. And you're newly married too, aren't you? I'm newly married, yes. Was that your first yes. time with your wife over no, there? No, no, that's actually her third time okay. going with me over there. Was it for business, visit family? What was the... Uh, it's always visit family. You can't avoid doing that, but this was uh, mainly business. I have a house over there I'm, I'm renovating, so I'm okay. trying to get that done. Okay. So are you an only child? Do you have brothers and sisters? Nope. I've got a younger brother. Uh, he's in Malaysia at the moment, I believe. Oh, wow. You guys uh, are spread all out. Yeah, we're all over the place. And I have two, uh, two half-brothers from my mother's previous marriage. And where are they? They're both in England. Do you stay in contact with all of them? I do now, yeah. You know, social media has made it uh, a, lot a lot easier, easier to keep in touch with people. So are you the oldest sibling? 
Um, I'm the oldest of the two, my, you know, my younger brother, but no, my two half brothers are, ooh, I want to say 50, oh, wow. 50s and 60s now. Yeah. So spread out age-wise, spread out geographically. Just, yep, yep. Just All over the place. Of, yeah, there you go. So how was it growing up in, in London? Uh, you went to, would you go, so 15, you would have been just into high school, right? No, 15, I was finishing high school. It actually uh, makes it kind of an interesting story. I think I was somewhat of a, an experiment for the University of South Florida because when I moved here at 15, they accepted me into the uh, undergraduate program. I, did, that's, I never knew that. But yeah. had you actually, do they call it high school over there or what do they call yeah, they, it? Yes, they do. They don't call it high school. Um, it's prep school, okay. basically. Um, the difference is, you, you know, I started when I was three years old, uh, nursery school. And you finish the equivalent of, I guess, the SATs over here. In England, it's uh, GCSEs. You finish those at 15, 16 years old. So did you go to USF at 15 or 16? Yes, I did. Wow, how was that? <laughs> well, I got kicked out uh, after the first semester. At a point, for grades or for something cool? 0 0.05 GPA. Okay. So grades and cool. Now, was that... Was that was that just because you your interests lied elsewhere? Or you yeah, just, that's yeah. because I was 15 years old, out of the house, and uh, you know, learning how to party. So, were your so. parents here, or where were they? My parents did come over. They're down in Venice. Were you living with them at the time? No. Or where no. were you living? I was living on campus. So a 15-year-old living on a college campus, yeah. what could go wrong? With an English accent. What, yeah. With an English accent, <laughs> what could go wrong? So um, now you... Martial arts hasn't been a lifelong endeavor for no, you, right? No, That's something you kind of came upon later. Yes, I started uh, when I was 26 years old. Now, you've told me the story. I don't know if you're willing to talk about it on the radio. Are you willing to talk about it on the radio? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Okay, so let's talk about how it is that you decided to uh, enter the world of martial arts. Well, you know, it's always always wanted to do something or learn something that used to pro you know protect me or people I care about. But I was, uh, I was at a, a bar in, in uh, South Tampa. And uh, yeah, somebody reached over and hit a friend of mine's girlfriend in the head. And you know, I looked at the guy, he didn't want to apologize, and I called him an asshole, something like yeah. that, whatever. And next thing I know, he jumped me. Yeah. Uh, so we got into a big fight in the middle of his Whiskey Park South was the place. I'm oh, sure man. you remember. I remember it. that. Isn't that, yeah. is, what's, what's there now? Did but they the, knock it down? They knocked the building down now. It's, um, this is an Italian restaurant. In there, I think. Is it where like Abba is or whatever? Yeah, something like. I think that's. I think God, that's. Where I, it was. I remember being there when I was in law school twenty some odd <laughs> years ago, but now <laughs> yeah. I can't picture specifically where it was. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, yeah, the guy out of nowhere jumped me. Um, we ended up rolling around on the ground a little bit. They they threw us outside, and the fight continued outside. Um, nobody got too badly injured. You know, I'd bust lip, uh, but. You know, it was it, that was the the moment where I realized I had to I had to figure out something, you know, some way to to protect myself when I needed to. So, so how'd you meet Ray? Um, did I meet Ray? That's a, at the time I was a valet working out at Castaways on the Causeway. One of the uh, servers inside, um, Tommy was his name, uh, was a martial artist. So we started talking about it, and he put me in touch with Ray. So when I started, I was actually going, I was training with Ray, I think, twice a week and training uh, with Tommy and, and his brother and his his uh, his father owned the place. At a, it was a taekwondo gym. But what was we it were, called? Um, oh, what's it? J-Park. Okay. J-Park. Wasn't J-Park a kickboxer? 
No. Okay. Taekwondo. Okay. Taekwondo. But they, you know, they also did some sure. some Muay Thai out of there. Okay. So we started out with a little bit of uh, of Muay Thai there, and then a you know then Ray and I started going full time. And when I started with Ray, it was just really he and I and a couple other people. So we're referring to him as Ray Canham Tom, but Canham Tom's not his proper surname. What's his proper? No, Cole is his. Yeah. So yeah. Ray Cole. Uh, I guess maybe now's the time to kind of talk about the history of uh, Canham Tom and and how it is that the fighters take that kind of as their their, I don't know, what would you call it? Their, their... Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think you describe the easiest way to describe it, because people ask me, you know, what's the difference between Tampa Muay Thai and Kanom Tom? Um, the easiest way I describe it to people is Kanom Tom is basically the fight team. Yes. Uh, and I say that it, it isn't really just the fight team. Kanom Tom's, um, you know, Ray technically created uh, the Kanom Tom um Style or the, yeah style of uh, it kind of like Gracie versus Arm and You yes versus, yeah basically you know yeah. whatever the that's, different that's exactly what jiu-jitsu it is jiu-jitsu fight teams or, or schools of, of learning yeah yeah okay. that's that's the best way to understand and so but Canem Tom isn't it originally a, a school over in Thailand no or, no no um, Nikonom Tom is widely recognized as the father of Muay Thai okay so you know there's a story behind him it's on the website you can read it that you know basically he used Muay Thai to fight for his freedom, um, won his matches and was given six or seven wives and, <laughs> and his freedom. But, um, you know, there is a statue, uh, a Kanam Tom statue in, in Thailand. And for, for those who don't know, uh, I think a lot more people are familiar with the word kickboxing than they might be with Muay Thai. Yes. But kickboxing is kind of like, you know, Coca-Cola or, you know, it's kind of one of these words that's used but it's used it can be used for everything from everything, a yeah. cardio course at lifestyles to you know some things you see on tv but i i know there is there's kind of differences within kickboxing but muay thai is, is a very specific thing so can you kind of give people the elevator speech on what muay thai actually is yeah really the you know this is a, a pitch i use with with people that come in and ask about it uh, you recognize kickboxing because kickboxing is, you know, all over the place. The biggest difference, uh, Muay Thai, we use our elbows, we use our knees, we kick below the waist. And at, at some point, is it the eight limbs or the, what's the... Yeah, the, the science of eight limbs. The science of eight limbs. So it's both fists, both feet, both knees, and both elbows? Yeah, is yeah. That... Well, both fists, both shins, both knees, and both elbows, yeah. Right. So, yeah, if you're kicking properly, you're yes. not using your foot because <laughs> yeah. you'll break your foot and then you'll come limping into a podcast like... Uh, like I just did. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and why that's important, you know, from, uh, I haven't been much of a practitioner since I've had my kids, but there was a good five, six year period there where I was going pretty heavily is in the world of martial arts, at least in my opinion, and maybe, maybe Jalal can, uh, tell me whether or not he agrees. There's a lot of ways and a lot of areas where you can kind of fake your way through it. You can kind of buy your belts. You can kind of get promoted just based on arbitrary things. But in the, in the world of, of combat sports, I personally feel that Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you can't fake your way through it. You no. know where you are in relation to everybody else because with Jiu Jitsu, you can actually go full speed. You can go full yeah. speed because there's no striking. It's just submission holds and choking and that sort of thing. So you can go full speed without killing each other. With uh, Muay Thai, the technique is such, and also with the protective gear you're wearing, you can pretty much go full speed and know if you're better than your opponent because you're beating his ass, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your opponent's better than you are because he's beating your ass. Whereas a lot of the other 
taekwondo, karate, all these other things. You're doing forms. You're doing a lot more of an artistic type of thing, but there's no real deciding factor on how good you are. You know in these two areas, in my opinion, you're better than this guy, you're worse than this guy because the proof is in the pudding. So do you have a comment on that? Or? No, I mean, that that's exactly it. Um, people ask us why we don't have belts or use any type of belt system. Real Muay Thai isn't, you know, it's not based on belts. It's based on how well you do in the ring. And it's also a very humble sport. And I would yep. almost contrast it. I think jiu-jitsu is humble too, but there is somewhat of a air of superiority in certain belt levels yeah yeah uh i mean if you ever watch a legit muay thai fight uh these guys come in and i'm going to ask you kind of about the pre-fight ceremony that they yeah. do in a minute but there's there's a lot of it's almost like a, a dogma it's almost like a religious faith in in some ways that i've found a lot of times it is yeah yeah and and and, and for my jiu-jitsu friends i'm not denigrating jiu-jitsu at all i mean you guys are amazing but you know there's there's a lot more kind of uh pageantry that I've seen in Muay Thai than maybe there is in Jiu Jitsu. But in any event, you meet Ray Cole, and I, I don't mean to do all the talking, but a lot of people may have a view of martial artists or people who do MMA or people who are in these sports, and they get this view of kind of a meathead or a bully or whatever. You would never know meeting Ray or Jalal that they were involved in this. They are the two most laid back, Dave too, laid, laid back, just nicest, humble, sweet, giving, thoughtful people you will ever run across. And I have a theory on why that is that, you know, we can talk about. But they are not bruisers. They are not bullies. They are not, you know, whatever the derogatory term is that might come to mind when you hear fighter. And so, you know, that's, that's why I love them so much. You know, I had this picture entering into martial arts of what I thought I was coming into contact with. And between... Hobson Mora, my, you know, jiu-jitsu professor, and then you and Ray, who taught me, you know, Muay Thai, uh, you know, I've made lifelong friends with you guys, and you get, you know, I know each of you would give me the shirt, although I'm like three times the size of all three of you, <laughs> you would give me the shirt off the, yep. off your back, so, but in any event, so you meet Ray, and how is it that you guys decide to start a school? Um, it was an accident, really. Tampa Muay Thai was a hobby that turned into uh, a business. We... I started training with Ray. Like I said, we were training two or three times a week. And then um, we decided to take a trip to Thailand. So actually Ray, myself, and Angel went... Santiago? Angel, yeah. yep. Angel Santiago went to um, Thailand for... I was there for a month. I think Ray and Angel came for three weeks. But it was, it was in Thailand that we all kind of really fell in love with the art. How was, how was living over there for a month? <sighs> You know, it, now what what year would this have been? Because my understanding is Thailand's a little bit different now than it might. Thailand's have been very then. different than it was back then. Yeah. Uh, this is back in two thousand six. Now, up until that point, you were the only world traveler of those three, right? For the most part, well, Angel. Where, where's Angel from? And he's Puerto Rican. Puerto so Rican, it's not okay. really. But no, Ray had spent some, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's Floridian. Ray, um, Ray spent some time in Japan, I think. Uh, but prior to that, but not a lot of international. Because he's he's trained in other stuff as well too, isn't? Doesn't he do the what's it? Kali FCS, or, yeah, Kali, which uh, is knife fighting. combat, knife and stick fighting. Okay, yeah. um, and so okay, well, so I, I thought maybe you might be better uh, adapted to going to Thailand than them, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, at the time I kind of was. It was uh, you know I felt like daddy, yeah. <laughs> if you will, kind of showing them around. Are you older than them too? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, not much. Actually, no, I take that back. Angel's older than me. 
but the you know, Angel's not really traveled a lot. So, right. you know, new country, new place. Um, I had actually been to Thailand before. That was oh, my really? second trip, yeah. yeah. For fighting or just? No, this was before I ever trained. I okay. went with, I uh, went and spent three weeks in Vietnam and uh, wow. a week and a half in Thailand. How was Vietnam? Vietnam was awesome. Actually, it was it was great because I went with you know, an ex girlfriend at the time and stayed with her family out in the jungle. Oh wow! So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. My my whole knowledge of Vietnam is uh, is uh, Oliver Stone and Anthony Bourdain. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's either, it's either getting shot at or, or, yeah, exactly. or eating like pho or, or whatever the whatever <laughs> the cuisine yeah. is. Yeah, that's there. So uh, okay, okay. So you had done Vietnam and Thailand before. So this month stay. You kind of kind of gave me a, a shirk as to your time there. What was what was the story? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of stories. I don't know how many of well, them I can I can discuss on statute of limitations. Yeah. Probably run on most of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah probably they probably a different have government now. Anyway, so. true. That's very true. But no, it was you know, it was Thailand. Thailand, you can do just about anything you want, um, good and bad. Uh, you know, we weren't too bad, but we did have our fun. Uh, but we, you know, we were younger at that time. I could. I could uh, party all night and train all day, so we were actually training twice a day, morning and afternoon. And then, and do you uh, stay on a campus, or do you just find a little hostel, or where do you? Where yeah, it really depends where you go. So the the first part of the trip, um, we stayed on Kalsan Road, which is, you know, the biggest touristy traveler area in Bangkok. So we found a small camp there that we trained at, stayed in a hostel nearby. Um, you know, it was all very cheap at the time, very run down, but you know that's kind of what it was. From there, we moved out to uh, Sowarapin, which was a camp that's, uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it was a bit more out of the city. Uh, we stayed at that camp for a few days, and then we ended up down in the islands, uh, Koh Samui, Koh Panyang, trained down there for a few days, which, that was my favorite part of the trip, because I was... We Here were, it's beautiful. It's, it's outstanding, but we were training, um, the ring that we were training in overlooked the you know crystal clear blue oh water God. so we would train and then jump off the edge of the cliff into the water and oh, swim back to the amazing. beach so that amazing. yeah that's something that i would love to relive unfortunately uh you know the place is overdeveloped now it's is that, it's, is yeah, that what's happened it's, yeah, it's, it's there yeah, I've, it's, had, I've had i've heard of like there's a couple of attorneys that i know that are like like doing dual residency over there and but yeah it's it's difficult i know you have to be married to a tie to to um to do that, I don't know the ins and outs. Well, Russell that. Query, he's an attorney. He's a, uh, I think, a paraplegic attorney, and he was wanting to do this whole travel video series of Thailand for the handicapped to try and encourage oh, yeah. people who are handicapped to come and see Thailand. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Sandy Solomon, who owns that big law practice on uh, Kennedy Solomon Law Group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deberg, I know Ben Deberg, but it was his dad. I think he spent half his year over in. Thailand too, but I think he married someone over there, like yeah. you're saying. So, um, so when you guys come back from Thailand, is that when you start the school up? Yeah, that's literally came back. Uh, we were training off of Hillsborough Avenue down near where the casino is now in a storage unit. So uh, I found a, a building, uh, you know, the building we started out at uh, officially is on um, is North Howard, which is next to the armory, old cigar factory warehouse. This is the one that I started at. Nah, no, I think you started in the second. Second iteration. There were three buildings in that, in that, uh, on that land, and we were in all three of them at some point. Yeah, I remember that you guys were on the right side when I started, but had been at the left side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and the guy, it was a big school. It was a great, a great space. It I was. thought. I mean, parking was a little bit dodgy. You yeah, just had to yeah. go down the side street, but you had tons of room there. Yeah, we. I mean, the the loft space we were in was close to nine thousand square feet. Now, did you start the fight team right off the bat, or did that come later? Um, actually, no. We started more so with a fight team than anything else. Okay. Because uh, it was Ray, myself, Angel. Um, there were a couple other people that trained with us, but there was Al. I don't, was Allison Garrell? Was she? Um, uh, no, Allison came along. And then there's another girl later uh, on. Ashley yeah. uh, fought for us, but no, the, the first, the first, well, my first fight um, was myself. When was the fight that you got like your spleen pierced or your ribs <laughs> broken or whatever? My rib, that wasn't a fight. That was actually training for a, for my second. Was that fight. in Thailand? No, that was here. Oh, I thought I remember something about you being driven out to a fight and something happens. No, no, no. My, my last fight in Thailand, I broke my, my orbital and split the top of my head that's, open. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And by the way, if you're going to just practice Muay Thai at <laughs> Tampa Muay Thai, like these that. things no. don't happen. This no. is when you travel to Thailand and fight in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, this is when you get in the ring and compete. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, when, so was that was that was that issue with your orbital and your skull? Was that during that month that we were just talking about in Thailand? Or no, no, no. That was the last trip I, I did to Thailand back in two thousand nine. How many times have you gone out there? Um, I think I've been eight or nine times. Okay. Wow. Wow. And so was that before or after the the ribs getting broken? That was after the ribs. So the ribs happened. Uh, we came back from Thailand. Did like I said, it was myself, Angel, and Alex Berrios. Um, and then I think it was, I think it was 2007 or 2000, yeah, it was 2007 that I, um, cracked a rib and was bleeding internally and didn't know it. And was it, wasn't that like, didn't, didn't the person come in overweight or oversized or was there something like that? Or no, no, that was, I've uh, heard so many stories. I yeah, start to mix them up. So many to, stories yeah. around it. No, that was actually one of Ray's old training partners, um, Nikos, a uh, great guy. You know, he didn't he didn't know what happened and when he found out. He yeah. was devastated. Felt horrible about it. Yeah, and he made sure to come and visit me, but it was it was a freak accident. I just the problem is I have a tendency to get hurt really badly when I get hurt. Yeah. So so uh the, with the fight team, you're fighting not just in Florida, you're fighting at least up and down the East Coast, yeah, if not all, all over the, the country, place. Right? I mean, most of the time uh if we're not fighting in Florida, we'll fight New York City, Friday night fights, which is one of the longest running um one, long, one of the longest running fight series in the country, if not the longest striking series. Uh, we've fought in Atlanta on Kumpon Show, um, you name it, Vegas, um, Connecticut, Glory, all over the place. Right. So, and then at some point, Ray ended up moving to California, didn't he? He did. He moved to California, then he moved back, and then he decided to move back out there. Now, isn't he coaching for the UFC or like one of the UFC gyms? He's or teaching out like of that? one of the UFC gyms, yeah, but he's still running. You know, he's still the, the founder of Konomtom, technically. So, I, on my Facebook feed, a, a picture popped up from like a year or two ago that I happened to catch him on a day that he was in town, and yeah. he held pads for me when you were uh, training my buddy Armando Edmondson. Yep, but yep. Uh, does he still come back? Armando? I'd love to get no Ray. Ray? Yeah, he was just back. Two weeks ago? Oh, man. Yeah, you got to let me know when he comes back again because I really, yeah. I haven't figured out how to have people call in yet. When I do that, maybe I can have him on that way, but I'd love yeah, to get yeah. him on one because Ray's another interesting I met so many interesting people. Yeah. You know, uh, Mark, yep. um, I met through through that. Um, you know, I love David. I, You know, I've been able to help a number of people at the gym out legally. Yeah, nothing yeah. nothing yeah. that anybody should be, nothing criminally. <laughs> it's yeah. all, you know. No, it's all. Civil stuff, but... Uh, in any event, uh, so 
now is it are, are you the sole owner or are you partners with somebody no technically i'm the sole owner now okay you know ray uh we bought uh ray out um david dato is the head instructor and he also teaches boxing there doesn't he he does. We don't do much of that anymore. Yeah. I mean, he might do privates or something there. Yeah, every now yeah. and again we will, but okay. no, we still. So, what's the address of the the place currently? Sixteen twenty two North Franklin Street. And literally, it's like you can, it's like half a block from Holland Franklin. So, or, and it's right near Armature Works. It's right near the Stetson yeah, Tampa campus. It's right near Cafe Hay and the Asian Market. So, yep. any of those places that you know, you can get to uh, Tampa Muay Thai. Um, so there's a couple other things that I wanted to touch on. Well, one of the things is uh, what what type of classes do you offer? If someone wants to come and train there, they used to have something called OnRamp, which I think that was started, or something like that, was started after I started there. So I started yeah. there, I think it was called Beginners, and then you take your level one test, and yeah. then you go from there. That's so how it. is it set up now? Yeah, it's pretty much the same now. Everybody that comes through the door comes through the door as a beginner, um, you know, I hear different stories from people I've trained before, I've done this before, but until we see you train, see what you're capable of, um, you're a beginner. There's no testing between the beginner and intermediate levels. You kind of gradually work your way up. Uh, we, we, you know, we don't, we don't push you any harder than you can be pushed, right? So we're not going to make you feel, we're not going to belittle you, we're not going to yell I never threw up in class. I got, came yeah. close a couple times. Yeah, we, we have some people throw up, <laughs> but, you know, the idea is we're more, more focused on, at first, we're more focused on teaching you technique. Uh, honestly, the, the easiest way to teach anybody would be without gloves on, without hitting anything hard, just showing them movement and technique. Problem is people get bored too quickly yeah, with that. People wanna, yeah, they want to hit. Get they in wanna... the mix. I, there's a guy, I cannot remember his name. You might even remember. So, that, so 2008, 2009, this guy just wanted to spar everybody. And he was he hadn't even taken his level one test. But I remember I remember he was doing it. I think he jumped in the ring. He hadn't taken his level one test. And again, Ray is the most low-key person in the world. I just see Ray get up from the desk, kicks his flip-flops off, Walks across the uh, it was the, the there was the mats yep. and then you got to the part with the hanging bags yep, yep. and then the ring was in, in the, the back ring. and he jumped back in the ring and he said if you want to spar with anybody you know you can spar with me and I remember he said you want to do your level te one test let's do your level one test now and so Ray held the pads for this guy during his level <laughs> one test and the level one test is difficult in my view and maybe you'll have a comment on this more from a cardiovascular perspective it was, than a yeah. technique perspective. Yeah. But this kid got the... the, 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 yeah. the he got tuned up. He yeah. got the <laughs> platinum treatment from Ray. And this is not something you can expect. If you go in there with no ego, uh, ego you're going to be accepted with, with open arms. Absolutely it's right. when you go in and you try and throw your weight around or try and establish your dominance that the coaches are going to let you know, yeah. you know where, you, where you lie in the pecking order. But... It was the most amazing level one test that I ever. Like everybody just stopped what they were doing and sat around the, the ring and watched. watched it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's exactly true. We're not gonna. It does us no good to injure you, injure anybody that comes in there. But if you if you've got that much of an attitude and you don't have any respect, then that's the only way to to really teach you anything. So how many how many students do you have currently? Uh, right around two hundred at the moment. And and what what's your, I don't expect you to go completely through it, but what's the schedule like generally? Pretty much uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have 10 a.m. sessions in the morning, then 5.30, 6.30 p.m. sessions in the evening. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, we have a 7 a.m. session, same thing in the evening, uh, 5.30, 6.30. We also have uh, uh, three jiu-jitsu sessions there a week now. Um, 
So you can mix it up a little bit, strength and conditioning. Uh, the gym's open all day, you know, so you come in whenever you want, hit the bags. Right. So I so, uh, wanted to talk kind of practicality and, 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 and philosophy a little bit because, um, as you know, I have two kids now. I have a two and six-year-old, and you have, do you have four or five? Four. four. Man, God. <laughs> so, and, and how they're, they're raging from adolescent to preteen or something yeah, like six, that? six, seven, nine, and ten right now. Yeah. So a couple different things in uh, both the, kind of the world in general and then in my life. So number one, we've got the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. So we've got, you know, it's coming to light, you know, women being treated inappropriately in the workplace and in different yeah. different spaces. So you got that. You got mass shootings everywhere. Uh, and then, so those are two kind of topics that are front and center politically and in the media and everything else. And then me as a, as a father of children, from a self-respect and from a psychological perspective, my daughter is my older one, and this just came up yesterday. So, you know, my son, who's two years old, he was playing around with his cousin, and, you know, his cousin's just a little bit older, and actually my son's bigger, but his cousin kind of got on top of him on the ground, and he's, he was just looking at me crying helpless, and <laughs> not that I want him to, you know, get up and throw an elbow at his cousin, yeah. but... I think it's important for a child to feel comfortable in their skin, comfortable that in their space, take ownership of their space in the yeah. world. And I think in my experience, that's why martial arts, especially, you know, Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu are so important because, and this circles back to what I was saying earlier, I think part of the reason that, um, I find you and Dave and Ray to be such graceful people is because, you can own your space in a very non-threatening way. And I think a yep. lot of that has to do with your training. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. And, and as you as a father of four children and also as an instructor, I, 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 you know, it's a great fitness for you as an adult. It's great, you know, it's a great martial art, you know, if you're worried about walking out into a parking lot in the dark or any of these other things. But I think for children, I really think there's got to be a renaissance. And I, in, in, in teaching kids to be, you know, not, not violent, but have self-esteem and, and just yeah. own their space. You know, I've watched my daughter so many times. My daughter is like a head taller than every other kid in her class. And so I think a lot of times she gets treated like an older child than she is. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, shies away. And I'm like, I don't want you to go up and smack anybody, but don't let anybody smack you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want you to push anybody, but don't let anybody push you. I don't want you to cut anybody in line, but don't let, you know, so do you, do you, work with children at all or have you worked with children at all in the past? I have, yeah. I, I started, uh, you know, I started the first kids program that we've ever had at the gym. We do have one now. It's not, we're not exactly in the best place for kids, sure. um, just location wise, but, um, you know, kids learning any art that a child can learn, um, is going to help them help their self-esteem, help their confidence. Um, just, from a fitness standpoint, from a, a stability standpoint, mobility standpoint, it's going to be good for them. But I agree with you, um, you know, Muay Thai Jiu-Jitsu, even more so Jiu-Jitsu, to be honest with you, for children, uh, especially well, girls. Jiu-Jitsu because there's just no striking. There's so. no, well, it's not even yeah. that there's no striking. It's that, you know, what you got to remember is a fight is, you know, what, 80, 90% luck. Yeah. Know? Um, you, know, you can be the, the biggest badass in the world. Somebody walks up behind you and smashes a bottle over your head. It doesn't matter what you know. Right. You're out. Or um, has a gun. Or yeah, or has a, or anything else. You know, uh, It's easier, I think, to train kids um, 
and I, I can't really speak to this. I've never never taught jujitsu, but I would think it's a little bit easier to teach kids jujitsu than it is striking at a young age because you know what do they want to do? They want to fall down. They want to spin around. They want to trip themselves over. You know, they have yeah, more, kids just more, end up on the ground. Yeah, being kids. So, <clears throat> you know, I think starting them out in in either is is no question about it. It's going to help them. It's going to help them um, to grow uh, from a confidence standpoint. You're absolutely right. You get, you know, whether they're being pushed around, bullied, um, you know, you always hear about the bullying thing in martial arts and how that fixes. But it goes further than that. Just the, the confidence level to, to be around other children, be in, in new environments, start at a new school, uh, do something different and have that self-confidence goes a long way to, you know, to making them a better person. Yeah. And you know, there, there's a, there's a saying that you'll hear a lot, you know, in, in these circles, and I don't know how true it is, you know, but I, I suspect it's pretty true, which is that most fights end up on the ground anyway. So, true. you know, which kind of points out a, a an interesting thing in, in, in my, again, opinion is, uh, and when I say fight, I don't mean like you're looking for a fight, but you know, it just happens. You have road rage, road rage incidents. Yep. You're at, you know, the strawberry festival, or you're at a concert, or you're at a club, or, you know, I, I can swear, even though I didn't know him back then, that Jalal was not looking for a fight at a whiskey party, probably trying no, to, I wasn't. you know, you know, stand up for a, a, the, the, the girlfriend of his that got smacked in the head, but yeah. uh, there's two parts to a fight, you're either going to be standing up, or you're going to be on the ground, yeah. right, so what's the most effective thing, in my view, to do standing up, it's to use all the available tools, yeah. and in and in martial arts, that's Muay Thai. Yep. That's both hands, both elbows, both knees, both shins. So when you're on your feet, you're going to want to know that. When you're on the ground, you're going to want to know jujitsu because jujitsu is how to basically, you know, subdue your other party. And the great thing about both sports is size doesn't matter quite so much. I think that's probably a little bit more true in jujitsu because you're going with you know, leverage and, and all that sort of things, you know, with standing up, you've got someone's reach. If they've got longer arms, they're going to be able to stand further away and hit you. But I, I, I could tell you, I'm, you know, I'm a good deal bigger than Jalal. I'm a good deal bigger than Ray. I'm a good deal bigger than Dave. And, you know, there's just, <laughs> it's embarrassing. I, I wish I had video of, of back then, but just, they were, they were very gracious, but you know, they could clown me if, 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 if they were so inclined. Um, so, uh, you know, I just think it's, it's really practical and, uh, you know, I was talking to, you know, Anthony Koontz, yeah. uh, he owns another martial arts school locally. And I think Lane, uh, yep. now, now, do you work with Lane or was Yeah, there... Lane and I okay. were kind of affiliated. So, so I, I think you had somebody was teaching Muay Thai out at his school out yeah, there. Yeah, Jill's over there teaching a couple What's of Jill's sessions. name? Jill Bossadet. That's right. I, I, I run into her all the time now. Yeah. I see her at concerts and I see her in wherever. And for my attorney friends who's listening, Greg Henderson is now like yeah. the, 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 you know, what do you call it? The uh, mascot or the, the <laughs> he, he loves it. That's I think he's pretty much only doing Muay Thai and playing in bands anymore. But No, he's actually rolling now. He's, he's is at he the doing gym. that too? He's at the gym right John's over there training oh, right now. Oh, he's an animal. Doing he's an some, animal. Yeah. Um, we got to mess his face up a little bit. He's too good looking. <laughs> too pretty. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, um, where was I going with that? Uh, martial arts. Anthony, I don't know where I was going with that. I had a point. There's a point there. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so uh, 
as far as uh, you've been doing this for a while now, what, what impact have you seen? I've kind of rode the wave and seen UFC go from, you know, a, a cult thing yeah. to uh, the biggest show in town to being sold and becoming more of a kind of uh, sanctioned sport. I, I don't know that it's quite as popular as maybe it was a couple years ago, but it's definitely far more popular than it was in its beginnings. Absolutely. How have you seen uh, the impact of that sport with Muay Thai? Um, that was actually, I think, unintentionally, when we opened the gym was right about when the UFC was getting its, its start and becoming popular. And I think it was that that actually drove a lot of growth in the gym. Right. I mean, we saw a lot of people show up, call, um, inquire about Muay Thai and what it is but you know I can tell you that back then most of the questions I got were what is Muay Thai versus now people had generally have a better understanding of, of what it is they may not know the details you know the intricacies of it but they know it's standing they know it's punching they know it's kicking they know there's elbows involved they know that most of the time when you watch MMA when they're striking they're using Muay Thai and most of the time when on, on the ground they're using Jiu Jitsu yes there's you know other things mixed into it, into it, but um, you know, really, the, the UFC, like I said, it, it drove a lot of growth for us early on, uh, a lot of interest, and and from there, you know, now I don't see so much uh, coming from the UFC per se. You know, there's there's fight leagues all over the place. Uh, you know, there are a dime a dozen now, so it's not like uh, they specifically uh, drive anything for us. But we do see more people, a little bit more people now that think they know more than they do and you know watch watch these fights and think they could do better and you know i just dealt with a phone call from somebody that has decided to go pro yet never trained a day in his life right so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so i just i'm trying to assume what might be reasons that people wouldn't come and and you know try the gym one might be i'm too busy one might be i'm not in good shape Yep. One might be I'm not a uh, violent person. One might be that I'm a woman and I, I feel like it's a bunch of men in there. So speaking to those people, you know, what would you say about your gym and the sport in general? Um, don't make bullshit excuses. Yeah, <laughs> get in there. <laughs> yeah, it do, you don't have to be in shape to come in there. You don't have to be talented to come in there. You don't have to be a man. You don't have to be a woman. It doesn't matter. Just come in and try it. And I, at, at some points, you've had more female coaches there than men coaches, or at least half uh, and half. We I have had, you know, right now, we really only have one female uh, Jill that's that's coaching running sessions and, and, and teaching Jill, private. man, if you look up her videos on yep. YouTube, yeah. Jill's, <laughs> Jill's no joke. She's She's an inspiration to everybody. I, I, when my daughter's old enough, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yep. introduce her to Jill because... Nobody's cutting gel in line. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it is, really. Just, you know, um, I hear the excuses all the time. Too busy, um, you're not in shape. I get it. If you don't like it, then don't do it. And I, I don't want you in there if you don't want to do it. But if you're going to come and, and try it, give it a chance. Uh, probably one of the biggest things I'm seeing now, uh, which I haven't figured out really how to deal with, the younger generation seems to think that they can do everything with, the snap oh, of a yeah. finger. If you're not immediately good at it. Exactly. So this, this uh, is my daughter with softball. My biggest fear yeah. is she's not going to be able to hit, not want to do it anymore, not be able yeah. to catch a ball. And so I, I hear you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, just give it a try. Um, you know, whether it's Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, do something for yourself. One of my, and I, 
I hate, I hate to sound salesy, but it is a sales pitch. One of my, That's okay. one of my, uh, um, the biggest things I say to people is, uh, um, you know, try it out. If you, if you, uh, feel like, what's the best way to say this? I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Okay. Uh, I remember what my question was. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. want to come back. To yeah. I'll come back. To okay. Yeah. Uh, so we talked, we kind of touched on me too and, and mass shooting. So, yes, yeah. uh, when I was talking about Anthony and Lane, I, I can't remember if it was Lane or Anthony that was saying it to me, but there's this whole new protocol that they're teaching with when there's a mass shooter, which is, it's like subdue, run, hide, or subdue. Uh -huh. There's some order of about, you know, because I'm not a gun guy. I don't yeah. own any guns. I'm not a big fan of guns, but, you know, like we've got Gasparilla Music Festival this weekend. Yeah. and. You know, I go there now, and it's a reality that I worry. You know, you see Las Vegas, yeah, you see yeah. some of these other things, whether it's someone driving a car through the barricades or someone up in a hotel room yeah. with a gun or someone just there with a gun. You know, I, I, I literally, you know, because all this kind of came to attention after I had trained for a long time. Yeah. And so I started asking you guys, you know, what, what do you think about this? And with Anthony and Lane, you know, they do the Haganah or the Krav Maga, yeah, yeah. which is the Israeli, whatever, and there's firearms as part of that. They're, they're yeah. all really into guns and all that stuff. So I was asking, I was like, you know, what do I do? What do I tell my wife? What do I tell my kids? And it was something to the effect of if you're close enough to stop them, stop them. If you're not close enough to stop them, it's either hide, then run, or run, then hide. I don't remember what the order is. Yeah. I'm going to have Anthony and Lane on here. They can tell me what it is. But uh, bringing it back to my point is... Do you contemplate that at all in your training? Has that become a reality? I mean, I know that it's more of a, not a sport, but kind of an art, but the practical parts of it, do you guys implement that at all into your training or have you at least thought of it? I mean, we do. Um, I, we don't do that as uh, in the group sessions. You know, we keep the group sessions to authentic Thai style, Muay Thai. Um, but a lot of the private uh, private sessions I do, you know, those guys... What do I do if, if, if this yeah, happens? Yeah, yeah, what's the happens? best way to deal with this or that? You know, you know, should I try and kick somebody when we're in jeans and, yeah. and shoes? Probably not. Use your elbows. They're more yeah, effective yeah. than anything yeah, else. Yeah, Did you remember what you wanted to tell people? Who didn't I, I haven't yet. All right, well. <laughs> I'll come uh, back to it. So where can people find you online? Uh, TampaMT.com. Okay. And you, uh, again, your location is... Uh, 1622 North Franklin All right, Street. and you guys on social media too? All over it, yep. And you guys have your fighters' videos. Uh, yep, yep. Who's on the fight team right now? I don't know if you list the whole team. Uh, How many people are there? We've got active right now, I think I have 12 people. Uh, 12, you know, it's it's always difficult with the fight team. I, I won't ask you because then you'll leave someone out and you'll feel bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to name all of them because okay. I, I probably can't off the top of my so, head. So anyway, but. well, I really appreciate you coming in on s such short notice. I've been meaning to get you in forever, and uh, I'm really wanting to kind of go back through all of my coaches that I had uh, because all of them to this day remain my friends and are just, you know, beautiful human beings, and I think they're – their art that they are teaching is is a beautiful art and it's a helpful art and it's a you know not just physically effective I think mentally and psychologically it's so helpful to people when I started it is when my mom first got diagnosed with ca cancer both both my parents that passed away since then you you lost your mom mother, not yeah. too long ago yeah. yeah we lost our, our 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 I lost my mom and your dad like within months of each other yeah. I remember talking with you about that but yep, yep. um 
it's a great thing to do. And me as family law, you know, I've had friends come to me, you know, I'm going through a divorce. I'm kind of going up the walls. I don't know what to do. And I always recommend start going, start going to Tampa Muay Thai or start going to Hobsamora or, you know, start going to martial arts advantage or whatever these things are. Start going there because you meet this whole new pool of people that you weren't exposed to. And there's so many great people. I've met so many, you know, doctors, lawyers, military, police officers, stay at home mom, and just every kind of person. And they're just amazing. It's, it's almost like church in a way. Yeah. You meet these great people that become lifelong friends and it's something that you can become interested in. I remember, you know, and I'm sure you experience this sometimes when people get into it, they get into it hot and heavy right off the bat. I think within the first two months, I own every pad that Fairtex made. (laughs) Loves. All my clothes were, you know, this, that, and the other. And not only that, my wife, Dina, can tell you, I was just watching YouTube after YouTube after YouTube. And she was, you know, she was getting sick of me, like, you know, leg kicking her and trying to do rear naked shit. I mean, not not for real, but she's like, would you leave me alone? Like, you, you never used to do this. But anyway... Just, just a really amazing place, and uh, I would encourage all of my colleagues, all of my listeners, friends, family, uh, you know, seek Jalal out, go there, see what they're about, watch them online, watch them in person. Do you? What do you do? Like, is there like a first class? Yeah, sit? we do a free introductory session. Um, okay. You know, just the, the the basics of stance and punching and elbowing and kneeing and kicking. So, just just an amazing thing altogether. So, anyway. Jalal, thank you so much for coming in. I was going to ask you about politics, but I think I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> thank uh, you. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna... <laughs> Don't bring politics. Yeah, it would be a four-hour <laughs> podcast. But anyway, thank yeah. you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. All right. All right.